Well, good evening. It's Monday and I'm Rick Dancer and it's so good to have you here. I uh, hope you had a good weekend. As you can see, the office is not quite up to snuff yet. It's just got stuff in it. But I did find my, which, there, there it is, my soapbox. See that says right there? It says soapbox. That's my Get Real TV soapbox that I used to have when I had a TV show. But we don't do that anymore because nobody watches television. But I did see a report today. You guys know that I am live in Townsend, Montana, where our COVID numbers are coming down. Well, apparently yours are going up because I saw online that 18 counties in Oregon are on a medium alert for COVID. So that means you don't have to wear a mask, but it is highly recommended that uh, you do. And here are the counties. I'm going to put these up here for you that are the places where people are supposed to be where. So that's where they are. That's where you need to be careful. And um, but I then I went in and said, well, I wonder what our numbers are like. And they said, no, nah, you're you're coming out of it. So that's a good thing. Oh, and then while I'm doing that, I've got so tonight our show is sponsored by Dr. Michael Ratlin, Chris Dental Family Dentistry. Now, I know it's summertime, but that doesn't mean you can let your dental health go away. Did you know that I was reading a report and it said that a lot of dentists Loose clients just don't show up in the summertime because they're too busy doing stuff. Well, I mean, your teeth still have to work. <laughs> so you need to get to the dentist. So if you're looking for a dentist who believes in freedom of speech and believes that your health is more than whether or not you're vaccinated, he doesn't, he doesn't care. It's, it's That's your business. He just wants to make sure that your oral health and your dental health are fine. Then check out Dr. Michael Bradlin. Our other sponsor is Lonnie Woodruff. At, Trans World Business Advisors. And we have some pretty exciting news tonight because um, he's got some really cool businesses. We can't tell you what they are because that would be like somebody saying, you know, that's like when you go to a hotel and it says that it's for sale. Then you're going like, well, what the hell? I'm not going to sleep here. You guys probably got bed bugs or something. I'm not going to do it. So you can't tell somebody something, you know, or you go to a restaurant and they say for sale and you're going, but you didn't check that hamburger. <laughs> so we're not going to mention, but we're going to give you some ideas. He's got like hundreds of people looking for businesses, but specific businesses, but then he's got like a dozen that are out there right now, ready for somebody's life to change. If you're somebody like the net first guest we're going to have is a guy who's changing his life. He came up with an idea you guys ever go crabbing? Do you notice that crab pots are the same that they were for like the last 200 years? I'm kidding. I don't know what they were 200 years ago. But this guy has developed a crab pot that is just stinking ridiculous. And it's really cool. We have a video we're going to show you. And then Bill London will be here with um, all your Oregon news. And we'll get that. So let's get this thing kicked off with our open document. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out, bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're gonna have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. Oh, people do come after you. But sometimes you get an email from somebody and they're just looking for some help and you go, God, that's a good story. So this is Bobby and is it Chris, Krasneski? Krasneski, yeah. I was yeah. in the ballpark, but yeah. I should have asked you beforehand. I just thought, oh, I was too busy in the moment. So no, you, got, you got to roll with those things in the moment. So, so, <laughs> dude, where, so where do you, you're from the local I'm area? From Cottage Grove, yeah. 
And how did you come up with the idea to build a better crab pot? Well, I, throughout the years, I always went crabbing with my family. And uh, especially in 2020, I was just I was just kind of tired of it. I mean, there's no crab tired pot. Tired of what? Tired of what? Tired of the, the crab pot market not up to par with the fishing market. There's no... There's no flashy crab pots out there. There's nothing that catches your eye anymore that gets kids interested in crabbing. So I, I just wanted to change it. I, it was time. It's definitely time to change the crab industry. So so should we show it to them? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. He's got to see this. Now, there's some music here. I got to check the sound on here. So. Did you know the common crab pot was first invented in the 1920s? Surprisingly, the design hasn't changed much in the last 100 years, causing crabbers to be left with crab pots that are bulky, boring, easily damaged, and actually limit the access to the pot for the crab. The solution is simple, a stackable, customizable, heavy-duty crab pot that allows 360 degrees of access for the crab. Introducing Otter Pot, the most natural way to trap more crabs. Designed to help frustrated crabbers like yourself, the Otter Pot is the last crab pot you will ever need. The innovative mountain shape attracts crabs to the trap. The funnel trap entrance creates a natural entry point for the crabs, allowing for full 360 degrees of access. Once the Otter Pot is pulled out of the water, simply flip it over and pull the drawstring. There they are, easily accessible crabs. The Otter Pot is stackable, allowing for quick, easy, and neat storage. Being extremely durable, the rigid design of the Otter Pot ensures it is the last crab pot you will ever need to buy. Okay, so when you see that, Bobby, are you get you get nervous? No, well, I get excited for sure. That, I mean, that is a cool. I, I didn't show the one that there's a longer one. There's another one where there's seals. So the seals come up, but they can't get their nose down in there, right? Oh, no. They don't like bothering it for some reason. They don't want to stick their head in that funnel. Makes them nervous. So they just they just leave it alone. It's kind of nice to see. So what what do you do for a living now? What's your job? Uh, so me and my wife do uh, special needs foster care. Um, you, you, do you do what? Special needs foster care. So how so, many kids do you have? We have four of our own, and then we have uh, uh, four foster kids. So pretty, pretty busy coming up with all these ideas, but uh, make it happen. <laughs> and your four children who are foster kids are all uh, kids with children with disabilities. Uh, yes. Yep. So I mean, that's that's our full time job right there. Me and my wife's um, just doing that. So you just like. You just were raised like 10 levels in my respect yeah. levels. You have four kid children in your home that you've chosen to take care of and, and oh, grow yeah. who are, who are, have dis disabilities and stuff. Why do you, what, why, why did you choose to do that, Bobby? Oh, I'd say it kind of just fell in our lap 12 years ago. So we've been doing it for like 12 years. Um, and we just kind of kept rolling with it since then. Um, there's definitely a need for these kids to be in good homes. So, you know, couldn't say no. <laughs> what do you learn about yourself from that? Oh, you have to have a lot of patience with everything for sure. Especially so, when COVID came around, you have to have a lot of patience with schools and 
all of that. Does doing that kind of work, because that's hard work. I mean, that's not, taking in a foster kid is enough. Taking in a foster kid who has a special needs, um, right. that's that's even more. But you, does that give you kind of, I mean, because to do this crab pot thing, it's kind of courageous. I mean, I know you're not going to say that, but I can say that as a guy who's standing out there. I look at people like you, and I, when I was your age, I was not like this, and I wish I would have jumped, I mean, what my wife and I are doing just leaving Oregon and coming and doing this, it's a huge risk and it's a huge, there's a fear factor in there. I see somebody yeah. your age doing this and I think those kids had to teach that to you, didn't they? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and you touched on it too. I mean, um, I can't wait any longer with this idea. I, I always tell myself I don't have enough time, but it, it's time to get it out there. Um, so that's kind of why I put it on the Kickstarter to get that funding uh, in there. Cause that's what I'm waiting for is funding. <laughs> so are you one of these guys who in your mind are constantly inventing, like coming up with you? Yeah. And yeah. if your wife were here, would she be going here? Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of drawings written down on a pamphlet on a little book. Yeah. They're all in there. So I just got to put them down and, and I ran with the otter pot. I decided that'd be the first one I'd go with. So, so what do you mean? What do you need to make this work, Bobby? What are you, where are you at with this? So I'm working with a local company in Wilsonville. Um, their uh, company's called Vision Plastic Works, and they're awesome people. Um, I mean, I got to start the per, uh, prototype uh, phase with them with plastics, which takes a lot of money to get a 3D printed plastic thing. And we're not even talking about injection, injection moldings yet, but it, it costs a lot of money to get that started up. So that's where we're at with them is just getting funding so we can get some uh, plastic prototypes. He, somebody says you should send it to Shark Tank. Yeah, my, a lot of my family says that too. I just need to get on Shark Tank. <laughs> so so you, gotta, you need to raise 40,000 bucks to make this happen. Um, I need to raise 80,000. Um, okay. 40,000 is just that small portion of getting the injection molding machine done that so when we, when we get done with this interview would you put in the comment section how people can be the, the link to your gofundme page so people oh, yeah. can support you and do that yep i have that i can do it okay if you put that in there that would be great um so bobby is there anything else you need to tell me about the crab pot no i mean i'm just excited to even the personalization of it having it different colors um, and there was another big thing about it. Uh, ghost fishing is a big deal in uh, our oceans. And my, uh, my crab pot pretty much eliminates that because when it gets stuck on the bottom, it rots away from the rot rope. And since it's plastic, it will float back to the top for someone to find. They can reuse it or they can find the person that has a, the owner that had their name on it something find it, give it back to them. So that person go crapping again with it. So you thought of everything. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. It has a lot of good pros that uh, other crab pots don't have. So last thing I'll ask you, why is it important? I mean, you're doing fulfilling work. Uh, you've got eight children. You're obviously a busy man. Why is it fulfilling to do something like this? That's just yours. It's just like that, that, thing inside of you that we all have. And most of us, I think, ignore it. 
Um, well, you, that's a good point. You brought a good point. Um, this one in particular, this otter pot, it's mostly stemmed from my kids not having something safe to pull these crabs out of. So I designed it in a way that once you pull out of water, out of the water, you can flip it over, open it up. And these kids have a full, you know, viewing area of these crabs that they can just look at, touch without having to stick their hand in and getting pinched by some other crab. <laughs> so it, it definitely the kid aspect of it is pretty important to me to have a safer crab pot for kids. So Diane wants to know, where can I buy one? <laughs> Hopefully soon. Hopefully the funding goes good and I can get that solidified. And there's nothing that's going to stop me after the funding. We're just going to keep going until we get to production. All right. Yeah. Bobby, thank you so much for uh, writing me. Um, I love yeah. putting people like you on there. And we got people like Lonnie from uh, Transworld Business Advisors. So put it you know, into our show. And you're exactly what we're looking for. Dreamers, creators, people who are willing to take a, stop working for the man, even though you work for like the big man. You're not working for the corporate man. Bobby, thank you. And come back when you get the money and, you, and you're moving along, okay? Well, I will. Thanks for having me. Appreciate cool. it. All right, dude. See you later. Love that guy. How's that? See, that's what we're all about. Isn't that what we're about, Lonnie? That's what we're about, Rick. <laughs> so Lonnie's, a, this is what Lonnie does. I, I, I can see you in the green room, you know, when you're in the screen. And Lonnie's smiling and laughing because you've been there. You work for for the man um, and, and got the hell out. Yep. Yeah, I worked for the corporate uh, corporate world, and it was uh, a lot of good parts, but mostly not. Right. I feel great. I left. <laughs> it's good. So now you do what for people like like um, a, a guy like Bobby who has an idea? Well, um, Bobby, so there's like two ways to kind of go into business for yourself. Start a business when you have an idea like Bobby, who's like part genius, part saint. Um, or, uh, for, for the rest of us like me that have, you know, I would say a lot of business skills, um, you go buy a business because, uh, you know, as one of the hurdles that Bobby's running into and Bobby, let's talk, I, I have some ideas for you. Um, I'm going to, I want his contact information after the show, but anyways, okay. uh, um, uh, to buy an established existing business is a lot easier because then, you know, you can get SBA financing. And then you just have a payment instead of wondering like how you're going to find your first customer, or how you're going to launch your product. A lot of these businesses or somebody already had that kind of like starts out from the truck concept. How do they build it from scratch then to an ongoing business? Then they go to retire and sell it. That's where I come in. I help do that kind of matchmaking. So you said you had when we were talking before the show that you have how many people looking at businesses right now about Oh, I, uh, in our office and myself, there's a couple of hundred buyers looking at uh, different listings and that kind of stuff. Some have different specific skill sets there where they're looking for the right business. Um, and I got about a dozen great opportunities for people and uh, want to kind of just get it out there. I got a few contractor businesses. I got a specialty contractor business. I got a door and window contractor business. Um, got a, uh, a plumbing business, a couple auto repair shops. I got uh, a preschool slash daycare that's been in town here for 40 years. I mean, so if you're good with your hands or if you're already in construction or auto repair or you're a teacher and tired of working for the school system, uh, 
these businesses like make a lot of money and I can help you uh, be your own boss. And th these are such um, well-established businesses that Lonnie can't even give you other hints because we were talking earlier and he doesn't tell me no. anything. Yeah, we, yeah, no, I won't even tell Rick. But you know exactly off the top who it was. That's a good yeah. look, Why is it better? And I know, but I want you to talk to people. I want you because I think this is important. You know, why is it different that you know Rick Dancer goes, Yeah, you know, this media thing isn't working out. I'm gonna go be a contractor, I've got some skills, I can do this. That rather than going, okay, I'm gonna invest a little bit more by someone else's business, because why? Well, um, well, if, unless you have a cool idea, like if you just want to start out your own plumbing business, or your own auto repair shop, you, you start out with the bills first before you have a customer. So no matter what, a business costs money to start. Like there's always a pain somewhere. So a pain can be in the uh, form of an SBA payment because you bought, took out a loan to buy a business, or it could be buying a truck, buying all the tools, buying the software. Then you got to go find your first customer to, you know, hopefully convince them that you're a new business and you're going to do provide a good service, then they're going to pay you for it. And, and so if I'm buying an existing business, all that's laid out. I've already got a customer base. It's probably a percentage is going to follow me. The trucks are there, the business, I don't have to go out there and reinvent the wheel. You've already, it's already been invented. Yeah. The, the, these businesses come with employees. They come with a good customer base. And most of the time, nearly all of them follow because we do warm handoffs. The owner will stay to train. They'll train you. Uh, how to how to learn the business itself and uh, the customer base. If there's major customers or suppliers, they'll they'll keep they'll stay around for a while to do that warm handoff, as we call it. All right, Lonnie, I put up the, uh, the on the screen the contact information to get to you, and that takes them. What are they going to see on there? They're going to see my opportunities I have there. Then my contact information is on there as well, and I encourage people just to kind of reach out because they're like, well. How do, how do I buy a business? You know, there's a lot of programs out there. Uh, SBA is one of them. You can use a uh, home equity line of credit. You can use a retirement account, sometimes penalty free. There's there's creative ways to do that. And it's all above board. Um, you know, sometimes it's just borrowing a little bit of money from a family member to get an SBA loan and you pay them back. Right. You know? Yeah. But, and when an economy is going like ours is now, it's not necessarily a bad time to buy a business, really. Well, I, I have that conversation a lot these days. So I bet you do. Yeah, I, yeah, it's uh, top of mind right now. Well, most of these businesses have survived a recession or two, and that's part of being an entrepreneur is figuring out how to survive. It's, uh, you know, people are like, well, how safe is this business? And my response is like, well, probably safer than working in the corporate environment where somebody across the country is going to cross off a bunch of names at the whim of a spreadsheet. So, I mean. <laughs> I agree, Lonnie. You know, for like for yeah. me, it's like, I have to, I've had to pivot and turn so many times in my business, but if I was working at KZI, it would be like I'd have been fired or something else would have happened. With this way, it's like, okay, how do I reinvent that? Let's do this differently. We're going to find a new, and it comes to you, you go, here's the bad news. Now let's reinvent this problem and, and go in there. And then you, and then you get in a whole new direction. It's like almost like a, you're driving down a highway and a sign comes up and goes, turn left. No, I should go right. No, turn left. You go left and there's the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of these businesses, they're so well established, the owner will kind of share what they would do in a recession, how the business would pivot. Like they already have a playbook from experience. You know, they can even write it down for you. I know right. most of my sellers would be willing to do that because they just want to see the business go on and the employees stay employed and, and uh, you know, kind of their legacy. Yeah. And you're going to have a supporter in that former business owner 
um, because it's theirs, you know, and they're passing it on to you. And then I, I find that with my home. Uh, the guy who bought this house for me, built it for his wife who passed away. And man, anything going on, he'll help me to no end because this is his. I'm the new caretaker. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very rare thing to have uh, a seller sell a business than have something like maybe happen and like six months down the road, then they won't pick up the phone. In fact, I've never seen that. Right. just like, yeah, that's, there's, there's, it's, we're all in this together in the, you know, in the business world, as you know, as we talked about before, it's all entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. Yeah. We have, we have to, there's not any help from on top. No, it's, it's well, right. I, mean, this, I mean, this level here, not the top, but I mean, the, you know, right. the, exactly. the president guy, you know, exactly. And it's, it's easier than you think. It's hard in the beginning that you just build that confidence to be like, oh, I'll figure this out. Then you realize that most business problems require a business solution and, you know, you figure it out. And you figure it out. Lonnie yeah. Woodruff, Transworld Business Advisors. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Thank you. Get a hold of Bobby. Bobby will get a hold of you. Sure. I'm, I'm sure I can get you his number and information too. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right. We'll Thank see you. Ya. All right. All right. Now let's get on to the news. Find out what else is going on in the world of, uh, oh, whatever Bill London is out there doing. I, you never know with that guy. Good evening from the news radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KPNW studios. I'm Bill London, the president of the Bad Hair Club for Men. Good evening. All right. Here's a look at some of the stories that we are following tonight. Clackamas County, Clackamas County elections. Hmm, what could go wrong? Well, of course, we've all heard about the major printing error that resulted in Clackamas County workers having to hand copy ballots for weeks after the May primary election. And they've also apparently had some other problems, including incorrect unofficial results that were reported to the Oregon Secretary of State's office. That's kind of a problem. A spokesperson for the Secretary of State confirmed that the unofficial results of several races in the county were misreported to the Secretary of State as the Clackamas County Elections Office has been updating the unofficial results by hand. Those errors, uh, errors supposedly have been spotted and fixed, and they say it won't impact the official results. Okay, anybody want to lay money on that? A Secretary of State's office spokesperson highlighted the fact that the results uh, reporting websites are unofficial results that are completely separate from the official results that certify the election. Well, how do you know that the official results are right? The spokesperson says Clackamas County is submitting unofficial results by hand because the automatic reporting system, which every other Oregon county uses, for whatever reason is not working for Clackamas County. They also confirmed that Clackamas County was the only county that did not complete the minimum testing requirements to report unofficial results. Okay. Since May 17th, Election Day, Clackamas County workers, like I said, have been copying thousands of these ballots. They were supposed to have them done Friday, but as yet, we've received no word whether they have. Now, officially, the certification deadline for the election is June 13th. Who knows? So a recent study from Oregon State University's College of Public Health and Human Sciences 
kind of interesting, found that COVID patients had a 25% increased risk of developing a psychiatric disorder in the four months following their infection. The study compared people with COVID diagnosis with patients with no previous mental illness to other respiratory tract infections and focused on anxiety and mood disorders. Researchers say the results show that patients and healthcare providers need to be more proactive addressing mental health concerns following a COVID uh, infection. Lauren Chan, a PhD student, is a co-author on the study and she says that both patients and doctors need to work together on this. Downstream, Chan added that the increase in people seeking psychiatric care could further add strain to the mental health care system in Oregon, which is already falling apart. Chan says, we already had struggles in trying to identify a professional to work with, and we're going to keep having difficulties getting people the care they need. She says, if we do see this kind of increase in post-COVID psychiatric conditions and people are recognizing them and trying to seek care, It poses concern. Uh, Yeah. So one Oregon environmentalist group has petitioned the Department of Environmental Quality to regulate trash and debris on the Willamette River and its tributaries. Now, they sent out a statement on Friday, and they said that Irvin River Banks in Oregon, you know, Portland, Eugene, Salem, Independence, Corvallis, all of them, have been so overwhelmed with garbage that it's polluting more stretches of the Willamette, causing problems with water quality and wildlife. Travis Williams is the executive director of Willamette River Keepers and said the group, and they have been doing this for decades, river cleanups, and he says the problem is getting exponentially worse. He says we make a dent, but there's a systemic issue that's not being dealt with appropriately. Trash along the Willamette has always been a problem, but it's getting worse. And because the Willamette River charts a course through multiple jurisdictions in Oregon, there's no one state, local, or federal agency that's actually responsible for regulating trash and debris. And the Willamette River Keepers attributes some of the increase in trash, at least, to the growing number of homeless people that are living along the river and its tributaries. So... Have you ever had your insurance go up because maybe you've had a wreck or two or a few tickets? Well, you could say that's sort of happening to Oregon. So for 50 years, Oregon has purchased catastrophic wildfire insurance from the Lloyds of London. Okay. And actually, it's the only state that has that kind of policy. And the Oregon Department of Forestry says in the last decade alone, Oregon has filed twice as much in claims as they paid in premiums. Now, the premiums are going to hold steady, but filing a claim is going to be more expensive. That's because Lloyds of London raised the state's deductible 50%, citing recent claims as well as the longer nature of wildfire seasons, and I'm sure the Labor Day fires of 2020 didn't help. And what that means is, is the state's going to have to shell out $75 million taxpayer dollars on its own before it can even use its insurance policy. According to Marty Stainer, He's a legislative fiscal analyst and writes and reports to the Legislative Emergency Board. <coughs> Excuse me. He says the increased deductible greatly reduces the probability of a claim, but it doesn't preclude it. And finally, Oregon nonprofits are asking the Biden administration to invest $100 million to address white supremacy in Oregon. 
The nonprofits are the Latino Network, Unite Oregon, PCUN, CASA Immigrant and Refugee Community Organization, Verde, and Apano. And they provide services to communities of color. In a joint letter addressed to President Biden, they say Oregon is susceptible to domestic terrorist attacks on people of color. And they want the administration to invest in two areas federal agencies that can increase surveillance and prosecutions and community-based organizations that can increase social services. All right, there you have it. That's the news. I'm going to wrap it up. Rick, roll out a little reel. All right, Bill. Well, there's your dose of news. You found out about some businesses you didn't know about a crab pot to remember. That was a pretty cool invention. If you have ideas or stuff like that, that you, um, you know, I mean, I, I can't do everything, but if something that you think will attract my attention, um, I'm pretty good at figuring out what attracts yours. Um, that's kind of my job. And if I hear something cool like that, and when he said, uh, quite honestly, I'm sorry, I'm a sucker. Um, when he said he had uh, four children of foster care with disabilities, um, I was in all the way. Because you know what? It's not, you guys, it isn't really what you do. It's why you do it and how you do it. And motivation is everything. If you want to have an interesting story in your life, what, find what your motivation is to do that. Why do you want to do what you do? And if you say just to help people, that's really admirable and nice. But I would say to you, why? Because there's a deeper thing there. Um, somewhere in Bobby, um, those children have instilled the bravery into him uh, to be able to step out and go do something amazing um, and invent something really cool. And that's why we have other people in our lives. Oh, God, I'm kind of on a tangent right here. And I think some, I, I had somebody ask me the other day, why are you so frustrated over what, the, the reaction to COVID? And that's it. Um, I used to be connected to a lot more um, people and a lot of interesting people, too that no longer want to talk to me because of what my, what I believe personally, a cancer survivor in when it comes to what I put in my body, but that doesn't matter to them because there's a right answer and a wrong answer for that. Not considering what my answer might be. So then you lose out on all these kind of cool people that you see kind of really weren't as cool as you thought they were because they're judgmental. And they don't take the time to listen to my reasons and what I'm doing and why I chose to do that. Um, what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. It just came up and I decided I was going to talk about it. Um, but I hope um, that we can stop all this shit and we can just get back to um, minding our own business and taking care of each other. Like Lonnie said, um, entrepreneurs helping each other, not because you believe what I believe, but because you're a person who's interesting and, and intriguing and, and fun to talk to. And yes, I hate and disagree with some of the stuff you talk about, but you're still an interesting person. Why don't we get back to that, that kind of country where you mind your business and I'll mind mine. And then in the meantime, in, in, in somewhere in that magic, you learn from me and I learn from you. And I feel like a lot of my learning has dropped off because, um, I don't think the right way that they want me to. And that's really frustrating. Um, does it keep me up at nights? Hell no. Um, have I learned a lot about myself? You bet. I believe what I believe and you're not.
Huh, that was weird. I think I lost my signal or something. I couldn't have come at a weirder point, huh? <laughs> well, guess what? My God's more powerful than yours. <laughs> I'm back. That's could be a weeder getting rid of the weeds. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Lonnie, I'm back, man. Okay, you guys, um, thanks for joining us. Um, it's great. Uh, yeah, they, they made my show. Yeah, they just, I don't know. Sometimes you make people angry. But I, I think it might have been in glitch or something. I don't know. But anyway, it was a good night. To, oh, so we did want to tell you. So tomorrow night, it's Elements Health Club, um, our sponsors. We're going to have Sarah on, Kim on. We're going to talk about health and that kind of thing. On Wednesday, I've got a guy named Andy Pollock. He wrote a book about his daughter being murdered in a school shooting in Florida many years ago. Um, he's going to talk about gun control. He's going to talk about all the research he's done on what that the, a solution that could change this kind of thing in our schools. And unfortunately, the world is not the culture is not going to listen to the real answers and instead wants to make up their own. Anyway, that's coming up tomorrow night. And you want to see me get cut off early that night. Join us on Wednesday at 5, and at 5.15, I'll be off. <laughs> good night, guys. Have a good day. Oh, share this on your page so other people see it, please. Thank you.